0: Hello friends and welcome to the John Henry Weston Show, Confronting Satan Head On. That's what we're talking about today and we have with us someone who does that like on a daily basis. His name is Jesse Romero. He's a great Catholic activist known to many of you. You're going to want to stay tuned and find out what's going on with SatanCon. (laughs) SatanCon Let's begin as we always do at the sign of the cross. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Jesse Romero, welcome to the program. Thank you, John. Thank you for having me on, brother. Jesse, I know you very well. Can you give people like a 30-second snapshot of who's Jesse Romero?
1: I'm a retired Los Angeles Deputy Sheriff and uh I'm I've uh, I'm a Catholic lay evangelist, a Catholic speaker and author. Uh, been a Catholic all my life. Uh I've been married for 38 years. I have three uh, young adult kids all practicing their faith. Uh, uh, said have five grandchildren. They're starting to come. Thanks be to God. And I'm just somebody who's a faithful son of the church. Uh, and I've uh, got an apostolic uh, duty a mandate to proclaim the truth until my heart stops, just like everybody else out there.
0: Now, Terry is a good friend of LifeSight. Terry runs the uh, Bishop Strickland Hour with uh, with Bishop Strickland, of course, and uh, that's how I met Jesse Romero through Terry Barber and just uh, it's such a dynamic pair. Uh, they run together the Terry and Jesse Barber show, which uh, just to get to know the character of Jesse Romero and Terry Barber is that they keep getting booted off these places uh, for being too faithful. So it's great to be with you, Jesse. So let's get into this. You are heading up a direct confrontation with Satan SatanCon. Let us know what's that, what is that and what's it all about.
1: February 11th, 12th, and 13th, the Temple of Satan is coming to Scottsdale, Arizona, which is, in the, is a city in the Diocese of Phoenix. I live in the Diocese of Phoenix. And they're going to have their first religious convention. It's going to be a three-day event at the Sawara Hotel and the leader of the Temple of Satan, he's, he's one of the co-founders, Lucian Greaves is going to be here. They're going to be doing, again, hexes, curses, incantations, uh, sex magic. And uh, without a doubt, what they do when they get all together, they do a black mass. They're not going to publicize that because they don't want to give more negative publicity. But I've have all the parishes in Scottsdale, all the four parishes, they're on notice. Uh, people are receiving right now uh, the Eucharist very reverently, and there are there are men all around watching people receive Holy Communion for the next couple of weeks because we anticipate they're going to try to infiltrate one of the Catholic churches and steal the Holy Eucharist for uh, their Black Mass, which is basically their their grand finale and their and their events.
0: Yeah. Now, just so that everybody knows, Satanism is real. There's no uh, funny stuff here. It's not like this is all make believe. Because it's not make believe. These people are um, doing something that confronts the spiritual realities that are there, whether some of them believe it or not, or just doing it for the fun of it or to be stupid or whatever they're doing. These are real things. Given that this is real, are you not afraid, concerned? What What is your motivation to go ahead and do this anyway? You know that Satan is more powerful than we are, more powerful than all mankind. So why would you think that you would go up against this sort of directly?
1: We are protected, John, so long as you live in a state of sanctifying grace. That means in a right relationship with God, free from mortal sin. And if you've got mortal sin, go to confession ASAP. A state of grace also means that you're also constantly fighting against even venial sin. You're in a right relationship with God. As the Bible says in John 15, 13 to 15, you're a friend of God, a friend of God. That's what it means to live in a state of sanctifying grace frequently having the sacraments of Christ flowing through our soul. This way, there are no impediments to grace. The only impediment to grace is mortal sin. If you live in a state of grace, every single exorcist that teaches right now in all the schools of exorcism teach that living in a state of grace, you are protected from the diabolical. You cannot be afflicted. uh, Generally speaking, there are exceptions, very few, but generally speaking, if you're in a state of grace, that's, that's what St. Paul calls the armor of God. Also, as Catholics, we have to remember that uh, the Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 11, it says, take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. And as Catholics, we have to live by faith, not by fear. And the Bible does say in Philippians 4, 13, I can do all things who, through Christ who strengthens me. And as Catholics... We have a duty, and obligation. Ba- In fact, you know actually what I'm following? The Bishop of, uh, of uh, Phoenix, Bishop Osset, who's a very good holy man, he wrote a document several years ago. It's called Into the Breach for Catholic men. If you read that document Into the Breach, that's exactly what I'm following. I am taking Catholic men and women and wives as well, and we're going to go out Into the Breach. What does that mean biblically into the breach? It means that it means that somebody has to stand in between uh, the innocent and, and, and the evil, the wicked. Men have to go out there and stand in the gap, stand in the breach to forestall destruction. That's what Ezekiel the prophet was talking about in Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 30. And that's what we're doing. We're going to stand there and make public reparation for what's going on in that conference because many of them may be fallen away Catholics we want to pray for the, uh, reparation prayers for the grave evil that's occurring in that conference and also that God gives them the grace of conversion because if if 25% of Americans are baptized Catholics that means 25% of the attendees of that conference and even organizers are probably fallen away baptized Catholics And so we have to stand in the breach and pray for them.
0: It's an incredible thing because your concern, yes, to make reparation to our good Lord for the offenses that are being committed right there, but also to sort of recapture their souls for Christ, their souls that they have themselves, almost seemingly willingly, perhaps not so some of them, but given over to uh, Satan with with all the confusion that's going on there. But tell us... um, what is uh, you know the, the specifics of the program? When should you meet? Where do you meet? What, do you, what are you guys doing? Uh, where can people sign up as well?
1: By next Monday, we're going to have a landing page. And as soon as I know the name of the landing page, we're having meetings right now. I'll give it to you so you can put it out on a live site. It'll be a landing page where all the information is going to be. But essentially, it's going to be a peaceful, prayerful protest. Bring your rosaries. Bring your sacramentals. Make sure you've gone to confession that week. In other words, we want to make sure you're in a state of sanctifying grace. If you're not a serious Catholic, don't show up, okay? This is not, uh, you know, th- this this is not uh, for the faint-hearted. We're going to be protesting in front of the Saguaro Hotel in downtown Scottsdale on the sidewalk, obviously. Uh, the police department says, absolutely, it's your right to do so. City Hall, I've already checked with them. It's your right to do so. The only thing that they've asked us is don't bring any amplification devices like microphones and and speakers, but uh, we can bring bullhorns. And so we're gonna be meeting from 12 noon to 3 p.m. We're not gonna be there all day, eight hours, 10 hours. We don't wanna give them undue publicity. We don't wanna give them all kinds of fanfare and and, and all kinds of media attention that they don't deserve. What we're gonna do is something very surgical. It's a surgical strike. What do I mean by that? 2000 years ago, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, was dying for our sins on Calvary and redeeming the world from 12 to 3 on a cross. And there's a lot of parking around the area. And, and all this will be in the website, the landing page next Monday. It'll all be there. we to park the public restrooms, everything will be there. And so, what we want is for people to pray. We're going to start off with the tall noon angelus and we'll end up with the three o'clock divine mercy. We'll be praying for three hours, four rosaries. Psalms in between uh, spiritual warfare deprecatory prayers approved for the lady in between the rosaries. We'll be chanting Gregorian chant. Uh, and why are we doing this? Because our prayers, John, what it does, it we're we're calling the grace of conversion upon them. Number one, number two, we're make, we're making reparation to God for the incantations, curses, and hexes and sex magic. that's that's happening inside that building. We're making reparation to God because of the grave evil. And number three, also, Catholic prayer is what it does. It sabotages and it blocks the potency and the power of their curses. We want to pray to protect all the people of Scottsdale, all the people, the Catholics, especially the people of goodwill. That's what Catholic prayer does. What it does, it like pulls the, the plug from a computer, and it just jams their signal, it jams their their curses, it sabotages their communication, and so that's exactly why we need to be there. When you pray from 12 to 3, remember when you you were a kid, John, you probably do this with your kids as well. My parents are from Mexico, they used to say, on Good Friday from 12 to 3, you're not going to do anything. We're going to go to the church, you're going to sit there and just look at the Stations of the Cross and pray, take a book to read and pray, You're not going to do anything, no TV, no radio, no playing from 12 to 3 every Good Friday. That was standard, and I still do it with my family. Why? Because we're meditating upon what Christ did in those three hours, the holiest three hours of human history. This is why we're choosing those three hours to pray. Because as we pray from 12 to 3, our prayers are are flowing with the blood of Jesus downstream. And they have more power, more merit, more efficacy, because we're we're praying at the time Christ was redeeming the world, including those Satanists. It, it would be an example. You go to a river, the Colorado River, just to take a name. And you say, man, I want to I swim fast. I want to I just get a rush. You're a young guy. I want to just go fast. Well, are you going to swim upstream? No, you're not going to be able to swim that fast what if you swim downstream man you're going to go like a you're going to be like a canoe that's what happens when you pray from 12 to 3 p.m. and you unite your prayers with Christ on Calvary it has a lot more power and merit and efficacy because it's being carried by the mystically by the blood of Jesus let me
0: ask you something because this is on a lot of people's minds today we are living in a very strange time there is all sorts of consternation going on And I know for you and I, we didn't live through some of the great battles of the church, second Vatican council and the changes to the mass, et cetera, et cetera. But at least in my lifetime, the consternation that's going on right now over coronavirus and the whole confusion in the church with Pope Francis and everything, is is mind boggling. You have um, veritable people who I would have considered saints, but on on two sides of an issue that's so stark right now that uh, is just unbelievable. It brings to mind something that we were told from Our Lady of Fatima about a diabolic disorientation. If, If you wouldn't mind, Jesse, I'd love to hear your thoughts on that and the coming solution to that.
1: As Catholics, we have to remember that we've been warned about this. Many approved Marian apparitions, like Our Lady of Good Success, our Lady of La Salette, Our Lady of Akita, Japan—three off the top of my head that I can that, that I know about—warned us that we would enter into a time where we would see bishops fighting against bishops, cardinals fighting against cardinals, and even uh, bishops and cardinals fighting against the Pope. The last visionary, Sister Lucia, in 1980, she wrote a letter to Cardinal Kafara. She said that we would enter into a time of diabolical disorientation. Uh, Pope Paul VI, he used also something similar. Uh, he said also back in the 70s, he said that the church, uh, the word that I'm, I want to use the proper word, there would be like the church would be consuming herself. I'll find the word right now. I'll look at my notes somewhere. Uh, but there would be oh, auto demolition. In the early 70s, Pope Paul VI, St. Paul VI said that we, the church would enter into a time of auto demolition. Destruction from within. That's what that means. Now, this shouldn't surprise us because as Catholics, we know that we have an arch enemy. Pope John Paul II warned us about this back in 76. He gave a, this is when he was Cardinal Wojtyla. He spoke at a at a Eucharistic Congress over in Philadelphia. He said this: We're now facing the final confrontation between the church and the anti-church of the gospel versus the anti-gospel between Christ and the Antichrist. The confrontation lies within the plans of divine providence. So God is allowing this. Then he says, it is therefore in God's plan, and it must be a trial which the church, that's all of us, you and I, must take up and face courageously. Again, Venerable Fulton Sheen also warned us of, of, this, of this present moment also. Back in 1967, uh, he said this, and in, in, uh, about it's in, a, it's, in, it's in a book called Quotable Quotes from Sheen he says the world is rapidly being divided into two camps the comradeship of the antichrist and the brotherhood of Christ the lines between these two are being drawn how long will the battle be we know not whether swords will have to be a sheath, we know not whether blood will have to be shed we know not whether it will be an armed conflict we know not but in a conflict between truth and darkness, truth cannot lose. We have a lot of good voices, John, that have told us about this present moment right now. Saint Thomas Aquinas told us in the 12th century. He said that there are two mystical bodies. He says you have the mystical body of Christ on earth and the mystical body of the devil or the mystical body of the Antichrist. And so, uh, this Saint Saint. Uh, Uh, Gregory says that the mystical body of the Antichrist is composed of impious men. That's what we have, John. We have an infiltration in the Catholic Church. In Spain, they call this infiltration, the Spanish army, they call it the fifth column. The fifth column, this is a a term used uh, in in, in Spain uh, in their military. The fifth column is when you have people within your ranks that are shooting you in the back during war, we have a fifth column in the Catholic Church right now. We have an infiltration. Uh, Jesus warned us about this in the Gospels. You have weeds and wheat growing up alongside each other. He says, "But don't pull the weeds out." That's the work of the angels at the end of time. Uh, th- That—that's what we're having. We're living through right now. We're living through the fact that the spirit of Judas lives within our church, within the clergy and the laity.
0: Amazing. Jesse, well, you are surely uh, taking up the cause of the Brotherhood of Christ. You are on the battlefield. And uh, many of us can't be with you to confront Satan, con. but we will be with you in prayer. And uh, Jesse Romero, thank you so much for being with us on this episode of The John Hunter Weston Show
1: let me just mention, we don't want anybody to come down here that's not from Phoenix. We have a lot of great Catholics in Phoenix. Trust me, tens of thousands. I'm only putting this out so that wherever you're at around the world, know this, that these guys aren't going to stop here. They're coming to your city next. Hopefully we can give you a template. And even the prayers, I'll have the prayers all on this landing page next Monday. What we're going to pray, what we're you're going to see everything, the protocol of what we're going to do, how to prepare for nine days before going out to this protest. It's all going to be on the website in the event that they take this to another city, to Dallas, you know, to Los Angeles. People will know, okay, this is what they did in Phoenix, Arizona, the lay people. This is how you prepare for it. These are the prayers that you pray when you're there. These are the do's and don'ts. And so all we're asking for is for people around the world, maybe go to mass that day, February 11th, 12th, 13th. Go do a holy hour, pray a rosary from your house. You know, everybody has a war room, a prayer room. Just remember your brothers and sisters in Phoenix, Arizona, as we combat spiritually these dark forces from wherever you're at around the world, just join us in prayer, February 11th, 12th, and 13th. If you want to pray along with us next Monday, I'll, I'll, I'll have John and many others Put the landing page on their social media so you can go and download the prayers that we'll actually be praying on that day.
0: Thank you so very much. God bless you. And to all the prayer warriors that will be joining you out there, Godspeed to all of you. Thank you, John. And God bless you. We'll see you next time. We have been warning everyone who would listen and attempting to build up alternative platforms to continue to reach you. More than these alternative social media platforms, we highly encourage you to subscribe to our email newsletter. We have really built up a large list of loyal readers on our email marketing platform, and we have prepared several backup plans for, well, I want to say if, but it's really when, we are removed from our current platform as well. Additionally, I really encourage you, as I said before, to make it a regular habit to go directly to lifesitenews.com. Make it your homepage. While all of these different platforms are an excellent way to curate your news, going directly to our website means that you will never encounter any censorship or sudden loss of LifeSite News reporting. Here's the thing. We will never stop sharing the truth. We founded this organization with the mission to be the life, family, and culture source for men and women who seek to know the truth. We have established a track record of honest reports, and this will never stop, even with censorship happening around the globe. Again, I'm encouraging you to join us on Parlor, MeWe, Rumble, and on our email list. You can find all the direct links in the description of this video. May God bless you and keep you, and we are so thankful that you've chosen to follow and support LifeSight News. I'm John Henry Weston, co-founder and editor-in-chief of LifeSite News.